act of watching film and videos used to be about gathering around a single black box as a family in our living rooms, fighting over the remote, and recording our second program choice on the other channel on VHS. But now, we're double screening, even triple screening. We're streaming and watching on the go, with an exception that buffer face is a thing of the past and high definition is pretty much assumed as the norm. But how has that demand for us, the consumers, changed the way our broadcasters work? And what does a satellite in outer space have to do with how we watch video on social media? OTT content distribution, linear TV channels, IPTV content, all terms you're probably not that familiar with as an end user, but on this episode, Marcus Placho, VP of Products at SES Video, runs us through why these services have reshaped the way we work and the way our clients work with us over the last 10 years. Welcome to Satellite Stories. I'm your host, Christina Smith-Meyer. To you and I, we don't even think twice about how it's possible to watch videos autoplay on our Facebook timelines, or the mechanics of how when we switch on our smart TV, there's a list of recommended shows available. But in truth, Online video content has grown exponentially over the last decade, and so in turn have the services that we're expected to offer our clients. Clients like Canal Plus, Channel 4, QVC and M7, just a few of the many household names we've been working with over the years. But when I say the letters OTT, do you know what I mean? It stands for over the top. Things like BBC iPlayer, Netflix, Skygo and even YouTube are products that many of us would have used at some point in the last month. And more importantly, as consumers, we expect to be able to watch whatever content we want, whenever and wherever we want. Every year, we conduct market research on our reach and end consumer behavior. And by 2018's year end, we saw that 84% of TV homes that watch linear TV see OTT as complementary. Marcus is relatively new to the SES team, but with a background in working in online content for the likes of Siemens in India, the Middle East, and across Europe, he's a great guide in giving us insight into how the business has changed and what people in the industry can expect in the near future. Uh, you know, when people are thinking about SES, they mainly think about SES being a big satellite company. That's all true. But I think SES is more, and I know that SES is more. You know, I'm working only for seven uh, months at SES, and I recognize that SES is bringing a huge amount of assets based on the satellite fleet, and based on this fleet, uh, we can provide a lot of additional services to our customers. Content distribution today, it's not only via satellite, it's also via IP. How do you monetize this content? So are you uh, getting a subscription fee from your consumers? Are you monetizing this via advertisement? Are you clipping the content and providing it to third-party TV platforms? Or are you providing it to social media platforms? There are a lot of options. The industry speeded up tremendously. We are having a lot of options how to distribute content because technology evolved so as I said before, it's not only distributing content via satellite, 
it's distributing content via IP. You can have different consumption models like on-demand, like linear. You can store the content for later, uh, for later consumptions. You can monetize via different business models where advertisement is a, is a huge part of the monetization piece. And all of that gives our customers uh, a lot of options. Uh, and our customers a little bit uh, need, need a little bit guidance of what kind of options to take, what are the right options. So they want to be fast in trying something out. And if it's successful, it's fine. They want to scale up quickly. But if it's not successful, they want to stop it quickly and want to go for another thing. So I think this trial and error philosophy uh, is much stronger uh, today in the industry than it was a decade ago, so to say. And what has surprised you the most? in this change, in this drastic, speeded up change? What has surprised you the most? You know, when, uh, let me say three years ago, uh, everybody said linear TV consumption is dead. Everybody says uh, online uh, video on demand, that's the thing to do and that's the consumption model to do. Well, yeah, video on demand has uh, had a huge growth and still has a growth uh, today. But what surprised me and I think also the whole industry a bit is that uh, linear consumption models are stronger than ever. And why is that the case? Because uh, people want to be uh, yeah, entertained just when they switch on the device where they want to consume uh, uh, their content. They just don't want to spend minutes or even hours to select the right content because they have so much different choice. So I think just switching on the device where you want to consume video and just be sure that the thing what you see then when you switch on your device is the right thing what you want to see that's important and that's why the linear consumption models are still uh, so important in the industry but of course we need to enhance these linear consumption models with recommendation algorithms so that we can make sure that what we are presenting to consume to the consumers is the right thing just like you said we're talking about more screens more audiences hundreds of hours of content available when people want it where they want it this is a monster challenge for our customers, right? Our broadcasters, monster challenge. How are they dealing with that? Yeah, so that's exactly the, the question they are asking themselves as well. How should we deal with this tremendous amount of options and this monster challenge, as you, as you said, um, coming from the OTT industry? And uh, I recognize that it's quite hard there just to provide a service to a customer for IP content distribution. Taking a look at SES, uh, we have a tremendous amount of channels which we already have access to because we are transporting more than 8,000 linear TV channels over our satellites. And just taking these channels, just transcoding them for OTT and providing an OTT content distribution to our customers is much easier for us than it is for any other company which is just doing this on an OTT basis without having this big assets which we are already having like this more than 8,000 linear TV channels. It's obvious what um, the benefit then is for our direct customers, but what about their customers, their end consumers, the people like you and I who just want to be able to watch what we want when we want? Yeah, so I think the benefit for the consumers is that they have the possibility to consume this based on what we say is a hybrid consumption model. So when I'm talking about hybrid, they can uh, watch content via coming via the satellite or com content which we are providing to third-party TV platforms, or they can watch the content via their online video platform, via OTT, via the app on different devices. And having this different type of consumption models, uh, we, are, we are offering 
our consumers a seamless experience so you can start watching this uh, over satellite and you can continue watching the content then over your smartphone or a tablet device in a seamless manner. If I want to just focus a little bit on you then again, what's exciting you about all of this change? I think that we are still at the beginning of a complete new world of media consumption. Thinking about all the possibilities which we are having based on analyzing consumer behavior. Because, you know, it's quite easy for online content distribution to recognize which consumer watched which content Where was this consumer at the time he watched that content? How long did he watch that content? So all of these data which we are gathering uh, can be utilized to give an even better uh, experience to the consumers. And combining this with machine learning algorithms, uh, we have a tremendous amount of possibilities offering even better services to the consumers. Let me give you one example. So uh, with data which we are gathering from you because of your ex uh, consumer experience, we can provide you with uh, an own linear TV channel which is just suited based on your consumption behavior and your interests. It means nobody else in the world but you is able to see this linear TV channel. So it will be Christina's personal linear TV channel based on your interests, based on your consuming behavior. And so we can make sure, or our customers can make sure that they provide you the perfect experience, what you expect to see. You know, that sounds kind of cool, but it sounds a bit freaky as well, doesn't it? You will get used to that. <laughs> You'll get used to it, all right. Well, you've made it very clear, sort of, then, what you think the future of the video industry looks like. So it's going to be very sort of personalized <coughs> to the specific viewer. Is there anything else, if you had to guess what the video industry is going to look like 15 years from now? Can you imagine what that would be like? No. Looking 15 years in the future, it's an impossible thing to do uh, because I just recently saw uh, an advertisement about how consumer devices, mobile devices will look like in the year 2010 and I think it was from 1995 or so and if you take a look at this now it looks completely ridiculous. I think the whole industry has the same problem if you just try to predict what's going on in 15 years from now it's almost impossible. So the industry uh, must take a look into the closer future, into five years, maybe 10 years maximum. Uh, but the most important thing is that we become very flexible in order to react on all of these different trends and technology possibilities we are having. So the future is full of mystery, but also possibilities. It's the exciting. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. So, and we have to be flexible and fast enough in order to follow these trends. And then before I wrap up, I'd just like to ask you, how do you watch TV and consume content yourself today? I'm curious. Uh, I'm consuming this still on my smart TV, mainly. Okay. Uh, and if, I've, if I'm, because I'm traveling a lot, if I'm somewhere in the hotel, it's mainly on my smartphone. Uh, but having a smart TV with having access to all of these different possibilities, as I recognized for me, being maybe a more traditional guy in this respect, uh, that this is the most convenient thing because you have access to satellite-based content, you have access to IP, OTT-based uh, content, and all of that in a seamless way. And this is what I recognize that is very convenient, com uh, switching from the one consumption model to the different one just on the same device. And this is exactly that experience what we as SES can offer to our customers so that they can provide 
this experience to their consumers. Thanks to Marcus for his time and insight. It seems there might just be a theme emerging for the future of how we consume our media. There's more about how the content we're watching is already being personalized in our previous episodes. Thanks for listening. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do, visit SES.com. <laughs>